Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to RL Aftershock, the longest-running independent podcast for everything that is Rocket League esports in the European scene. The World Championships are over as we crown EU as the best region one more time, or do we? Well, we have to find out as we talk about all that, all the results coming in of Renault Vitality's victory. Of course, I'm the Eternal J. Joining me is Digital Bacon for what will be another 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 breakdown episode of the uh, of the World Championship. How you been over the course of this weekend, man? Yeah, real good. I mean, we just had a super exciting... Uh, well, definitely the last day of LAN was super exciting. That format, the single or limb, really makes every match tense. So that was great to see. And then, of course, just great Rocket League. And I had uh, my birthday was last, Christ, Thursday. So I had like a birthday mm, yeah. weekend, seeing a lot of family, friends, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, it was a good week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I kind of had an alright weekend. I mean, obviously, you know, there's the whole element of me shouting and screaming my head off the flick of the fucking <laughs> EU teams, which didn't help my voice, but then I also caught a cold no. last night, so I am feeling like actual dirt today. I fucking... <laughs> I, I, mate, I feel like shit. I woke up this morning like, how the hell am I going to do this show? Well, we're here and we're doing the show, of course. <laughs> it is our World Championship recap. We're breaking down all the results from the RLCS Season 7 World Finals, uh, including the victories and defeats of Europe, the victories and defeats of North America. Uh, we're also going to reveal the winners of our hosts uh, and, and guest prediction game, obviously from last week when we brought in Jar of Jam and Mr. Craftman to talk about their predictions for how everything went down. A lot more points than last time. I'm going to say that right now, Bacon. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're happy We're happy we find a system that works. Uh, all that, plus we also break down the news as Rostermania gets in full swing before we've even finished out the end, well, before we've even finished out like, sort of the wrap-up at the end of the season. So, um, uh, yeah, let's start with some of those news uh, bits, but Bacon, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's probably going to be uh, uh, again, like I said, before LAN even kicked off, we had some news coming in. Before I even think we published the last episode via Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts, which of course you can subscribe at anchor.fm slash hour aftershock. Uh, these news pieces broke essentially of, of all the roster moves that will be taking place before we hit Valencia. Um, we'll start over in the mouse sports camp. T Gray. Um, I think I'm not sure. I don't think he's officially left per se, um, but um, uh, he's going to be joining Method essentially, uh, or Reason Gaming, as we like to call them. Mm. Um, Rex Perito, T Gray, that famous Reason lineup that won the Gfinity Elite Series Season Two. Um, they're back in full force. They're going to be fielding themselves at DreamHack Valencia, and uh, that doesn't give too many great signs for Mouse Sports at the moment, considering we've already seen a lot leave and go to uh, the Bricks. Well, well that's, the yeah, bricks, that's the yeah. weird thing. We know at Valencia, a lot is playing with the bricks, and Tigre is going to be playing with Method. Now, all signs point to uh, Mouse just split it up, essentially, which I am quite excited for, purely because that means there's going to be five spots going up for grabs, of course, next season, unless there's some format change and something weird and wacky happens, you know, there. But we doubt that, don't we, Jay? Uh, we don't see a uh, format change for the regions just yet. But here, this is an interesting one because I think Tigre can fit into this roster quite well. He's done it before, of course. And this is a super solid RORS team. The question is, what has happened to Astral in that time? Because he had a very, very good run, of course, with Method at Dallas, and they were doing quite well together. So where has Astral gone? Well, that was what I was going to ask you, to be honest, because like it, 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 prior to this particular um, 
uh, story breaking. We were all we were all eyes on Astral, just like he's going to be replacing Austin. Austin announced uh, last week that he was, of course, going to be leaving the Method side. And it's just like looking at this, it was like right. That Astral subbing in for Method, he's playing with Method. You know, he's been doing a lot of uh, a lot of good work with Method, kind of raising them up past their initial sort of like, issues uh, with Burrito and, uh, and and Ricks. So it, it all signs pointed to the idea that they would bring him on as the third. Um, and yeah, it's a good question. What what the fuck happened to Astral? <laughs> you know, like this seems like a this seemed like it was almost a done deal until the the Mouse Sports fallout happened, and now Tigray looks like he's the next man up uh, to to take to take that spot almost. And yeah, it's kind of confusing um, because again, it, it just felt like such a good common sort of like a, a good common fit for Method right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Of course, when you've got this newbie coming a rookie, getting a straight spot into RL. RS is quite favorable and that should be where you start. So the only question left is has an RLCS piqued his interest? You know, that Ooh. can for me be the only question because we know that there is going to be roster mania coming up this season. We saw it last season. We did not think it'd be hitting us again, but it seems like the old uh, storm is on the way back. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of have to agree with you on that front and maybe it is sort of like a, uh, um, uh, an RLCS call-up almost for Astral. Like, it, I mean, it is speculation at this stage. We haven't heard anything behind the scenes. None of the rumor mills have been turning in regards to whoever that you know, whoever could be picking him up. Um, but you also got to remember that this, this is also a season where we've lost Turbo Pulsar and Dignitas, and where Mystic is now no longer playing with the Bricks, basically. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, there, there, there are spots open for someone like Astral to come in and insert himself. Obviously, we also got Turbo Pulsar in that particular mix. We know that also um, uh, uh, that. Um, that the, the bricks are going to be are going to be trialing um, uh, Turbo after Valencia, obviously. So there's a uh, um, uh, th 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 there's a lot of potential, a lot of movement room coming in, and Astral could find himself on the upper foot part of that, I think, more than anything else. But mm. just to bring it back to Method individually, um, uh, uh, you know, like again, is this potentially going to be a permanent move? You know, for, for Tigre, certainly it could be because last that I checked, they didn't hit their peak after the Gfinity Elite Series when they had that particular run that led them to victory in you know, under the Reason mm. banner. Like, it felt like maybe that could have gone a little bit further. I was kind of excited to see them make a run for the RLRS. And as you say, this team feels like it could be a pretty decent RLRS squad. Like, you got to remember after that, Tigre, because of the recent gaming win, sort of became a real hot topic, a real big pickup. So he naturally went to, I do believe, was it Secret? And then the following season got picked up by the Savet Geneva guys who then became Mouse. So, of course, him coming back just feels like a natural... I'm going to say progression because he never really hit the heights of a top four team, did he really, of RLCS. So him dropping down to RLRS with a secure spot on a secure team, like we were saying before, makes sense because of salary. Uh, him moving from Mouse, which looked to be uh, just giving up their spot, essentially, or not sponsoring the org any further. They're coming to the end of their contracts. Would make sense for him to look elsewhere. And like I said, a salary for a pro player cannot be like underjudged essentially he could be looking to go to an rlcs team but here he's got safety method are looking to a player which they've already had chemistry with in the past and i think is a very good mix into them so it should be a solid result coming out there and again the problem is when i looked at this roster i don't see them making day three of valencia but day two is a strong possibility
Yeah, but I, I can see that coming out very easy from them, um, especially with that uh, with the RLRS spot, uh, spot also contained by Method as well. The question you also got to ask about them is that will this team, you know, be able to pick up from where they left off back at, back in 2018 and, mm. uh, uh, and and run through with a with a decent run to the RLCS? You know, we've been saying forever that Method are on the cusp of taking that kind of victory. They are on the uh, the very edge of being uh, 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 of being a world class team in that sort of respect, um, but they haven't quite already always had. Um, that uh, uh, that sort of combination, you know, it didn't work with Oslon, hasn't worked with Astral. Seagrave is probably, I think, the closest shot that they've had. And as you say, chemistry is something that, you know, Method kind of need lately, you know, because Ricks and Burrito, their sort of duo partnership has still not been back on the up and up. It's still on a bit of a spiral down. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like we said, with Oslon, it seems to be more of a trust issue because when you saw Astral step in, they didn't have that problem. They knew Astral was fast enough, aggressive enough to get to the ball. So for me, it was really looking at Rick's run day and he didn't seem to have those same trust issues there at Dallas. I looked at this roster, it's solid, but again, it's not RLCS caliber. That's how I look at it. And that's because RLCS caliber is so strong. We even look at RLRS coming into this season, we can see there's going to be hot competition. And it just comes down to, unfortunately, you can only have eight teams in the RLCS. And when's our last format, boys? Yep, that is pretty <laughs> much it. It is begging for it. Because teams like this, we can just look at. And I'm going to say straight away, these lads, I don't expect to be in RLCS after next season. They could get a top two spot if they really push for it. But when you look at the teams that are up there, it's going to be super hard. Well, I mean, we've been saying that season after season, basically. Like, it is almost a given that it's going to be a tough sort of affair. Hello, Doggo, by the way. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah it's, it sort of is sort of been just a given by the by, by this point that the RLRS is always going to be, you know, cutthroat as anything, RLCS even more so. And, you know, unless we see that sort of expansion, it never will kind of change in that sort of regard. So, yeah, it's going to be a difficult affair for whoever um, really steps up to the plate. And we'll have to talk more about that when we come to the next season coming up in, well, three months' mm. time or so, I want to say. I don't really know what the timeline is at the moment. Um, early September, uh, I'd imagine. Early September. September, June, June, July. I'd imagine yeah. right at the end of August, you'll see the sign-ups get posted, like always, and then the first, like the play-ins take place about mid to late September. Okay. Well, that makes about sense. Well, we'll see whether Method can, of course, hold on to their hats for the next season of the RLRS, and maybe Tigre might be there for the ride. But we'll move on to another team, and uh, another player in particular, actually, that has uh, moved on from his particular lineup. Uh, Maestro is now officially LFT, and as of the uh, uh, as of this tweet going out by Maestro, essentially what we have confirmed is that basically Vikings are no more. Uh, Mummy Snow and Pondex have left the uh, mixed team. Not too surprising, I don't think, here, Bacon. Um, again, Vikings didn't have a great run in the RLRS, RS. Um, they were eliminated by the end of it, so um, uh, uh, rip the old Fanatic lineup, the old Leftovers core. Well, I don't even know if you can call it, call it the Leftovers core anymore. It's sort of like it's dissipated and changed out part by part. But you know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's the roots of which has you know come from the Leftovers from several years ago. But uh, now that team is no more. It is dissolved, and we have three Danish players that could potentially do some really good stuff. Because honestly, Bacon, I feel like this could still be a team that has a uh, has a bit of a has has a bit of. Um, What's, what's the word? Well, not the I, team, I, I, but the players anyway yeah, the definitely players, yeah. have a Sorry. lot. They, yeah. they've, got, they've got a lot of stock still left in them because they are some pretty decent players. It's just that they kind of kind of got forced into this situation with Fnatic obviously dropping oh, yeah. them. Um, Pondex was obviously on... Uh, um, 
uh, on, on XL before they dropped them as well. Uh, you know, and that team had a lot of potential, and obviously we're never going to get to see that potential lived up. Um, so, yeah, like again, I still feel that like in spite of their sort of lack of performance, like this team was thrown together last mm-hmm. second. So you got to take that into account when taking a look at the Vikings as a whole. Um, uh, but there are some pretty decent three agents out there to potentially uh, to potentially see some uh, uh, some good stuff out of. Yeah, definitely. Like the Vikings squad, and before that, of course, Fnatic were just a team that was plagued with unfortunate circumstances, you know, with how they had to pick up players. You're locked into, you can only make one transfer. Uh, so stuff like simply straight away, Snasky leaving, um, you can start to see the downfall there, uh, having to stick together, of course, making sense because you don't want to lose that RLRS spot. So Coming all together, it makes sense for these guys to leave. The problem is, where do they go? Because I look at Maestro and say that he is still a bottom half RLCS player. I think he's got the caliber. He's definitely able to fit in with the RLRS top end. But who does he get picked up by? Because there just looks to be no reason to pick him up in that level anyway when you've got so many hot contenders now because you've got to think we've got this whole new I want to say wave of new blood coming in Maestro's been there from the start essentially and when you've got players like Ixo, Ashwell, we've seen Blurry come into it you know it makes sense to go to some of these newer players that can bring new life to the game and new life to a lot of teams I mean, I think that is sort of like a misconception by a lot of different people, to be honest. Because, um, again, I still think that Maestro was one of the top players for Fnatic when they were together, for the Vikings, when they were competing under the Vikings' name. Um, I still think he's got a lot of stock as a player. I just think it doesn't look that way based off of Vikings' sort of like, you know, lack of performance in the RLs. Yeah, they're from the results. And, yeah, and from their results, it doesn't feel that way. But I still think that there's a, that there's a place for him, even even if he is the only element of that side that ends up going further onwards, you know. Like, um, I, I, of course, I still have a little bit of stock in Pondex as well. Uh, Mummy's now a little bit unsure about, to be honest. I don't really think that he can, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's been a part of a he couple of different playing lineups. He has level, which is unfortunate because yeah. I do love Mummy's now. He's a great player. What I see coming up from Maestro is probably having to re-qualify next season again with a new roster. I hope that he does what I'm going to call a Tylacto, which is essentially bringing new blood and be a kingpin to this new roster where, again, we look at the Ariality roster as it is now and we just look at that and go, a bit like we're thinking about ARG before last season. How does that team not make RORS, you know? If Maestro can find some new talent, because you've got to think he's got roughly about three months now to start working on it, he could make a great team together. So instead of him basically looking for team, he should be looking for players, is how I want to put it. Yeah, and uh, I think that honestly, he could be, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talent out there, you know? Obviously, Tigray, uh, not Tigray. Um, <laughs> ooh. Maestro. Alex, Alex, um, uh, oh, really? you know, Alex is out there at the moment. Like, you know, he's, uh, uh, I don't think he's an amazing player, but I think he could put, you know, there's a little bit you could potentially do with that. And again, mm-hmm. even if you don't go ahead and form up a new team, you've still got the bricks and you've got the Dignitas side, both of whom are looking for players. And Maestro could potentially, I think it might be a decent fit for uh, uh, for Dignitas. Like, you know, it will be a very risky sort of fit, but it I'm might just gonna be say, something from that from the looks work. at Dignitas, they've already, they already know who they're getting in to replace Turbo. And we'll see that um, this coming week with the Valencia roster announcements. That is also true as well, actually. You're right about that. Um, uh... It's Dignitas. <laughs> they know. The lads would have... F- have figured that out before all this sort before they let let Toro go essentially and so there could be some cool stuff on the horizons for that Dignitas roster 
Well, of course, only two news stories this week as we are, uh, get ready for the incoming shitstorm that will be oh, WrestleMania. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. I was Fantastic. sitting on my leg. Fantastic. Fantastic. Always something fucks up in the course of this one. But this one is first self-inflicted, Bacon, so it's entirely your fault. But uh, yes, we could be seeing a number of other roster moves. Are we excited for any of the potential roster moves coming up in the next couple of uh, weeks, Bacon? Not ones we're allowed to say. (laughs) That's true as well. Because I've got a couple of others, Jay, that, again, oh, it's going to be so good. Oh, mate, when, when we get to really re- reveal some of this shit, fucking hell, mate, it is going to blow your fucking mind. So we have been getting a lot of news behind the scenes. So uh, uh, make sure you keep it locked. It's twitch.tv slash RLAfterShock to catch the live shows every Monday or Wednesday. Uh, and, of course, via the Twitter at RLAfterShock on Twitter. Right. That's our news done. Uh, no mailbag uh, this week. Of course, if you do want to ask us a mailbag question, you can send in your topics of discussion over at the Discord link in the show notes and video descriptions of every single... <laughs> Bakers is so Pins much fucking, fucking needles. <laughs> you fucked this up. This is all your fault. But yes, it's in the show notes and video description of every single version of the podcast. You can follow the Discord link, have a chat to our small community of uh, various EU fanboys. And uh, uh, and of course, also ask us a mailbag question via the mailbag channel. If you're watching live on Twitch, it's exclamation mark Discord in the Twitch chat. Right. Obviously, the big motherfucker of the week was the World Championship. There's no way, way it could not have been the World Championship. I thought Championship. it was the prediction contest. That, that was better than the uh, World Championships, right? it, it ties in. It ties in. I will agree with you oh. on that front. You were right about that. <laughs> yes, our prediction game was infinitely, infinitely more interesting. <laughs> Then okay. group stages, well, maybe not well, playoffs. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, before we get into sort of talking about the results, I did want to get like a preliminary discussion going on about the RLCS um, as a whole um, because mm-hmm. there were some talking points that fall outside of the realm of results and sort of like team discussion because, yeah, it didn't feel like it was... Uh, um, wasn't the most prestigious world. Let's put it that way. Now, the double elimination format mm-hmm. wasn't ideal, but I think, honestly, it was better than this shit show, which we've been saying for months. Um, uh, uh, and even going into the World Championship, we didn't really see a whole lot of the, the, the intricacies of the way that the group stage was going to work. Um, Bacon, we've already talked about how three-team round-robin matchups do not work, or three-team, four-groups of round-robin matches just don't fucking work for a world championship. Um, but this is another thing that we can't, can't, we didn't even catch until that sort of the prediction game until, until about, around about now. We realized how really dire the, uh, the seedings were. Because mm-hmm. what they did was they grouped A and B, group A and group B together. So the first seed of, of one group would play the second seed of the other group and vice versa. So A and B and, and C and D. And you've got this ridiculous situation where because of these seedings of the way that the league play went down, also put things into, uh, uh, put things relatively even for groups. Because of the way that the groups ended up working out, we had both of the regional first seeds ending in one quarterfinal, the second season another one, the third season another one, and the fourth season another one. So all of our predictions got completely fucked because of that. And and honestly, I don't think anyone would have put it down that way, Bacon. Like, at all, essentially. No, it's absolutely ludicrous when you look at it like that. And it's all because of how they did the seedings from each group can stack up. There should be no way in hell that the top seeds from each region can go up against each other in the quarterfinals. You just don't stack that way. And so, it, well, it's essentially because uh, of how it was all run about. Um they needed to split out a little bit more, but survey that'll be figured out next time. 
Uh, we know it's all learning stages. As we can see, this is the start of the expansion plan for RLCS. Like I said, I don't expect the regionals to be changing I mean, next time. You are, you are, you are so optimistic about things like this, Bacon. But if we've I seen am. the way Osiris have handled things in the past, like history does not tend to bode towards optimism uh, from my personal experience and my personal takeaway from all this. And then while I do hope that there are lessons that are going to be learned, like at the same time, I'm taking a look at this, like I'm cautiously skeptical that actually they will be learned um, because, you know, we've seen from several other things and obviously we saw the initial format when it came out, we were just like, this is actually fucking shit and they didn't do anything about that. They didn't try to change that at all. Um, uh, and we've seen several points where Sionics have prioritized the broadcast above the tournament. You know, Renegade mm -hmm. Cup was one example of that. This is obviously another example of that where we had the same number of best of fives and best of sevens coming out, which also skewed the uh, the playoff bracket because we had quarterfinals at best of five and then everything else was best of seven. When at that stage, why don't you just make it all... Um, uh, uh, when they make it all the uh, um, uh, all, all those matches in the playoffs the best of seven you know there's so many things about it it's just like why was this format done the way that it was and we banged on about it for ages but I think the whole seeding thing really kind of highlights how flawed this whole thought process was and yeah I do hope they make it better for next season but I'm I'm skeptical that they actually will Bacon yeah because from looking at this it's all gonna go to a four team four group format that's how it should go because three teams in four groups is just dumb realistically yes. if they wanted to get to this end result they should have done two groups of six in a double or limb with top four popping out or something like that and the seeding from there determining how to go through or two groups of four uh, two groups of six with just single uh with single round robin would have been better than this currently right now essentially because that actually that'd have been a fucking ace format because when we've seen stuff like ints for example go into game um five against nrg weren't it like they could have taken PSG and then maybe, like, I know they lost 3-0 to PSG on day two, but that's because PSG actually fucking turned up on day two. They weren't there for day one, really. We could have seen that all turn around, you know, these little results. that It just makes it slightly better. But, like I said, hopefully that's a change in next time because we know from Sarnox, they're not afraid to change format season upon season. So... I can expect that to be changed next season round. They'll take the feedback. And like we're saying, hopefully with the epic money stepping in, I hope it gets bumped up. What I really want is maybe like a double round robin next season with a B stream slapped on top. We've seen B stream well, come in. for the worlds. Yeah, for the worlds. We've seen a B stream nah. come in for Valencia. And I'm saying this is what I hope, Jay. Well, I hope I'm, that I'm we hoping, get a B I there hope, with a double I hope for double elimination bracket. Yeah, that, that's what I'm hoping for. Not for double round robin. And that's not um, going to happen because, like you said, they prioritize the stream. The only way that will happen is if there's a B stream. And that's why I'm fucking complaining about it because it's extremely <laughs> stupid to turn around and say, we're going to prioritize the stream above sort of, you know, competitive integrity. Because for me, it makes it, it makes the LAN event much less hype and much less interesting mm -hmm. to watch. Like, you know, I remember... Um, who was this? Someone went on Twitter about saying, you know, we need to change up the format for the group stage for next season. And I was like, and, and 
he was saying some stuff about you know like either that or make it a double elimination bracket like we should like every other world championship does and i was saying honestly i believe that because of this format you know dreamhack is probably the more prestigious tournament to win you know because it's got all the best teams it's I'm got the best the B shadow j aren't i there yeah for that it's one. b shadow j that's the, that's the guy that's the guy who tweeted about it and i responded to him saying look the only thing that rlcs has above it is the moniker of being the world championship which is awarded mm -hmm. by name value alone to whoever sonics pleases which at the end of the day when you think of it like that is only just you know it's just words at that point um and obviously the million dollar prize pool which obviously dreamhack can't support because psionics purposely limits them from going anywhere higher than a hundred thousand so as a result of that we've got what is essentially an artificially boosted sense of uh, um sense of uh, um uh what's it sense of uh, prestige and sense of you know um you know mm. you know sort of like dominance and 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 royalty is the word I'm trying to say here, but it's not really the word that I'm trying to use. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's that sense of prestige, essentially, um, for, for what should be a world championship. And that feels inherently wrong to me when you have a system like this in play where you could potentially be tied up and the amount of goals you score in a game could decide your future for the playoffs. That is such a dumb, dumb system, you know? <laughs> like, it needs... If you're going to give something the moniker of the World Championship, you need to make it so it is undoubtedly the World Championship, and it's undoubtedly the best team that makes it from... Even if you do see upsets, right? Like, imagine a situation which we almost had where Ground Zero would have got in above G2 or Renault Vitality. Um, you know, like, we, we almost did, to be honest, because there was a chance that maybe Ground... Mm. You know, with the way that the uh, Vitality and G2 results went first in Group B, Ground Zero could have pulled up one against G2 and if we had seen that or maybe even Inter as well they were the ones who came closer against NRG if they would have lost to PSG would have had one-to-one -one on every single team mm. for that at that point you're down to game difference which with the way that these you know best of fives are set out could very easily be tied up if they all went to game fives um and obviously down to goal difference, which is an incredibly stupid sort of way to break ties because goals are so unpredictable in matches, you know? That's not a valid tiebreaker thing, you know? There's no sort of, uh, um, you know, that's, that's very much a... Uh, um it's just, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work as a whole. Again, my ideal format... Add four more teams, GSL group stage, and that way every victory is important, every loss is important. And that way, if a team like Ints or Ground Zero do end up making it to the playoffs, it's not because of a shitty tiebreaker that could be misconstrued and put asterisks next to the result. That way they legitimately beat NRG, they legitimately beat G2, they legitimately made their way to the playoffs, and they made a pretty legit run. Also, just going to go to that uh, thing in the chat right now about yep. these thoughts on Swiss system. I, I, I like it only if it's seeded, only if it's reseeded after every single round. Because you take a look at the Valve Majors, for example, in Counter Strike and the way that those worked out. The first time we did it, it came to some really stupid results. And again, yep. much like this, it came to some really stupid results. But we have seen it in recent sort of tournaments with Star Ladder running their own sort of uh, best of three um, uh, matches. So that way, it's not only is it, you know, a, a, a Swiss system match, it's also a definitive series rather than just a single map or, you know, what would be otherwise, uh, you know, a, a best of five in the context of Rocket League um, and ESL obviously doing that with the IAM Katowice one as well where they've reseeded after every single round you've got the right matches you've got the right teams that made it through in the right seeding placements so yes if it's seeded otherwise it's got to be double limb for me yeah seeded and normally on land is the best one there because it's coordinated a lot better when stuff is online online people can miss stuff especially when you've got a lot of teams whereas if you're doing it online it's a lot easier to make sure everyone fucking knows what is going down and yeah i would love that sort of swiss format like i always 
you know, go on about, you know, say ECS within CS. I, I love that format of the staging, but then also the Swiss sort of stages between them to allow that go forward. Again, that would require more teams making it through to RLCS and more teams in the regional bits, which it's funny, right? Because all of our shot. problems, all of our problems could be solved if you just added four more fucking stems. teams. <laughs> yeah, it all stems that. Down. Is and I know, it. I know what the counter argument to that is, right? I know what the counter argument to that is. It's always OC doesn't deserve more teams, or South America doesn't deserve more teams. Um, okay, well let's add some more regions. How about we add CIS and Asia, for example? All right, there we go. We've mm -hmm. got six regions in total. We've got two teams from SAM, OCE, CIS, and South America. Four teams from the dominant regions of EU in North America. And there you go. If not, if you don't want to go down that route, just add two more teams from OCE and SAM anyway. Yeah, they might go out pretty easily, but at the very least, we have some upset potential, you know, because obviously we saw Rogue well, make their underdog run to the lower bracket. To make it sort of fair because of course we know NA and the EU have higher talent you would just do the next two spots out of the 16 so 13-14 go to Asia because they really need a spot in RLCS now we saw what Sam could do being added Asia is a cracking scene I really want them to go through to RLCS and get their spots and then the last two have them as like wildcard spots so essentially make a separate little LAN or online tournament it would have to be LAN because online of course would not work between all the continents together just allow anyone through to that and bish bash bosh they get a spot or next best link it in with some sort of ESL tournament or a DreamHack one I don't know so that you can get a qualification space if you make it through far enough but realistically it should be its own sanctioned event and quit like the last ditch effort tournament whatever you know much better name than that or last like chance qualify essentially and they're the wildcard teams they come in knowing that they're going to get the bottom two seeds even though they could be great uh, teams but that would cause so much upset potential and it'd be fantastic to see yeah, and I know, and again, I know the counter argument is always going to be, but those teams are probably going to lose anyway. But what if they didn't? Right? What if they didn't? And what if they beat these teams? Example: in Complexity a legit... go out to it. Yeah, and they get in free there. Complexity at the moment could be beaten. Like I look through this, I could see Complexity. We've seen them already take down PSG. Could see them take down Ints. The basically the teams I couldn't see them maybe challenges NRG Vitality even though they've taken down Vitality before. Uh, G2 after this weekend were nuts good. Again, Vitality because this weekend, Barca, they can struggle against and Cloud9. But a lot of the EU teams, we already know they can take down. It's just that American style from like hints and spoilers this uh, weekend. The American style at the moment is very dominant because of how yeah. EU has changed up. Yeah, and again, you know, as I'm saying, you know, like it, it, there's potential for upsets, and if they get those upset victories, that way it's fully legit. It's not down to some tiebreakers. It's not down to some mm -hmm. arbitrary sort of scoring system. It's down to wins and losses. You beat in the groups, you make it to the quarters. You win in the quarters, you make it to the semis. You win in the semis, you make it to the finals. You win in the finals. At that point, no one can fucking touch you. No one can fucking deny mm -hmm. your incredible sort of run throughout the course. Of that the only way that he could do that is through subjective analysis, which is it, which is a job for us plebs to do, basically. You know, like that's a, <laughs> that's a job for this show to do when we break it down in a much more um, you know, qualitative sort of manner. But other than that, the results speak for themselves. And at that point, you can slam us with, we've still fucking won the world championship at the end of the day. And that's the reason why I, I don't like this system because it gives unfair advantages um, uh, and it re-devalues any sort of underdog run that we could see out of a world championship. Again, if we had a seeded Swiss, if we had a GSL group of, group of four, then we would be fine. But this is just, again, and again, with the way that the seedings worked out, 
with the way that things went down when the in in how they like sort of like put two groups together for the same side of the bracket it just felt really really just silly in the way that everything was handled in regards to the format and we've talked for hours and hours about this for episode after episode bacon and it's because we really fucking feel like it's that much of an issue for Rocket League Esports, you know. Again, I hate this mentality of putting the broadcast before the the tournament. And when you even fuck up the broadcast, Bacon, that's where things get really fucking tilting. <laughs> it really does. But, Jay, uh, can we just get on to talking about what actually happened instead of the problems of this setup? Because we had a hell load of uh, good games to watch this weekend, I have to say that. Yes, indeed we should, because, well, I mean, you say a hell of a lot, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a counter-argument to that. I only really thought that the only good match, or the only really solid match, was the one in the Grand Finals, uh, in my opinion. I thought that everyone kind of brought their subpar game for this one, um, and maybe it was partly because of, obviously, the format kind of bringing things down. Maybe I wasn't seeing it in a kind of correct light, um, uh, but I didn't feel like this was a world championship in the same sort of way that I saw Season 5 or Season 6 as a world championship, Bacon. I will say the group stage, so Days 1 and 2, were almost quite scuffed. Yes. Essentially from the play style, there was very, because of this weird format, you could see that the tension wasn't there and it was very weird. Again, the second day, the teams that got to play on the second day, you could see them really bring up their level. I want to say Triple Trouble on that second day looked bloody good. Rogue, turn it up against Renegades, if you remember that. That was crazy. Uh, Ground Zero, turn it up against G2. Don't get me wrong, G2 won that series, but Ground Zero really turned it up and they showed what they could do. And then PSG against Ints. Ints after taking NRG to game five, you're like, oh shit, PSG better watch out. And then PSG fucking just slapped them down on day two. You know, PSG even went into day three looking good, but G2 were just nuts this whole weekend. We have to give them that. But it is basically down to the group stage I want to say NRG sort of like to get like they did not play on form this weekend. They played great. Uh, they were lucky on uh, for the first game on day two against PSG. PSG weren't there for that match, and it was very weird. And of course, on day one, Ins being able to take them to game uh, to game five was very much telling of NRG struggled for pressure. Like they could not handle that for some weird reason. Like us going into this, like. I was telling you, NRG only lost four matches since Christmas. How, they, that's why they were predicted to be the top seed. Like, by all means, they should be taking us. But no, they had a very half-hearted weekend. And you saw that in a 3-1 loss to Vitality, who, again, had a very half-hearted group stage, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about this group stage results real quick. Obviously, yeah. we saw how the groups went out. We had all top four Ameri well, we had all four American teams coming out in the top seeds of their respective groups. Uh, NRG in Group nice, A, actually. G2 in Group that. B, Rogue in Group C, and Cloud9 in Group D. Uh, PSG, Vedal Vitality, FC Barcelona, for and Trouble Trouble in those respective groups obviously coming out as the second seed, which also left South American OCE with not a whole lot of fucking anything in the playoffs. Um, mm -hmm. Ints, Ground Zero, Renegades, Low Key, all went out zero to two in their group stage and did not get a chance to make it to the playoffs which of course went as follows NRG losing to Renault Vitality in the quarters Cloud9 beating out FC Barcelona in 3-0 fashion uh, G2 beating out PSG and Rogue beating out Triple Trouble in those quarterfinal matches the semifinals with Renault Vitality sweeping Cloud9 and G2 sweeping Rogue and in the grand finals with Renault Vitality beat G2 4-1 to make the world championship now I think we want to start real quick with Renault Vitality um 
Actually, should we leave them for last or should we go leave straight them into for last, mate? Let's yeah. leave them for last. All right, okay. Let's do the champions last. We'll give them their sort of like little wedge. Let's go on to. Um, let's talk about regional performance. Um, because yep. obviously, we, we, we bang the fucking drum of EU every single week on this podcast. We do it every time we go, EU are amazing, yep. EU are amazing, NA are shit, NA are shit. It's played up for the camera. Mm-hmm. But this time, EU were quite a kind of shit, to be honest. Like, you oh, know, yeah. they Since didn't have. Sunday night, EU's been sitting on the noise step. It's yeah. been that case, you know, like. Like, here's the thing, here's the thing, right? I can understand, I can understand having an awkward group stage. I can understand having, like, you know, a a bit of a a, a hard time with the way that the format worked for the groups um, and with the way that the seedings happened. But even then, only one team from Europe made it into the semifinals. Um, FC Barcelona, I feel like they could have beaten Cloud9. Um, Honestly, I had them to go over Cloud9 in the grand finals if the seedings worked out the way that they should have Mm -hmm. done. Um, uh, uh, PSG losing to G2, close affair. Um, uh, But, uh, you know, obviously, that didn't go down the way that it wanted to. I think it was also a reverse sweep, if I recall correctly. Let me just verify that real quick. No, uh, no, no, it, it, no, it, it was G2 almost a reverse sweep one and PSG. PSG really brought it back in games three and four, and then G2, I don't know how they just turned it around, because like, it, it was a close affair, don't get me wrong, in games three and four, with PSG going 2-1 for both of them. But then in, in the last game, G2 just would dominant closed their thing out and went 3-0 in that last game so absolutely nuts but again in those first two games PSG didn't even show up as a 3-0 and a 5-0 in the quarterfinals don't get me wrong PSG turned up this weekend but PSG didn't show up until game three they actually put it on which felt more like a surprise to G2 and then G2 were able to adapt and they had that buffer there to help them well, honestly, again, I, I feel like th- th- that was only one of two results where I could understand EU winning, uh, EU losing, excuse me, the other one being mm-hmm. Triple Trouble, obviously. I think the FCB had an underperforming land this time around, especially after they made some incredible runs in the DreamHack Pro Circuit lands. Um, obviously, Dallas being the most recent one where they were the um, uh, uh, they were the main sort of team uh, in the quarterfinals for that sort of uh, 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 for that sort of thing. Other than uh, um, other than the other squad that made it in. Um, Renault Vitality, obviously. Um, so, you know, like, uh, not Renault Vitality. Who the fuck was it? Oh, fuck uh, it, whatever. Bottom line is that they were one of my guys <laughs> to win. I'm sick, right? My fucking head's not in the right place today, Bacon. Um, so, you know, I, I would have thought that FC Barcelona would have gone a bit further in this one here, Bacon. And it just kind of... They just kind of didn't, you know. They kind of like, like they just kind of like wilted out at the hands of Cloud Nine, who in the end got clapped by Renault Vitality, who I will mm-hmm. admit, but at this point started to look like the dominant Renault Vitality that I had, that, that we had. And it's kind of weird, you know, because they were the only team that resurged out of what was a subpar group stage to become the scary sort of team that we had. And FC Barcelona, the team that we had pinned, like right, these guys are solid on land, unlike Renault Vitality. They're the ones that sort of wilted away and kind of died out in the end of it, Bacon. And it's it's, it's just kind of a bit. A bit weird for FCB. Well, because I said about FCB, the reason why I thought they could make it to the finals, they always have a crap day three. Now, their group stages were both played on the same day, so that's technically day one. I thought they don't have a day two then, you know, so they just go straight at day three. Thus, they should be fine. But no, that day three curse continues. We saw it at Dallas where they lost 3-1 to EG. And then here, 3-0 to Cloud9. Don't get me wrong, EG played great that weekend. Cloud9 seemed good, but beatable, I would argue, because you look at that series, it was 2-1, 2-1 overtimes, and then 3-1 to Cloud9. It was close. But still, Barcelona, not to get a game, not to even be able to challenge them, it felt like. Because essentially, and I, 
I think I was talking about in our group chat, Barca this weekend had this awkward third man rotation into it where it was normally Alpha, wasn't willing to come up and near enough put all three players into the box like Barca do. That's where they get a lot of the goals, a lot of the pressure. It also is where they stem off a lot of mistakes, but quite often you'll see that Devo can actually retreat in time to be able to make it back and go and Devo's a good enough to defender these days to be able to make those clearances and buy enough time. Now, because of that, they weren't hammering enough and so the Cloud9 defense could just hold up and it was don't get me wrong just a case of just being able to hold out on Barca but Barca needed to be ferocious like we saw them back in league play back in the previous competitions here I want to say it's got to be land nerves or something you know I'm going to blame it on that because essentially like I said they I'm weren't not... throwing it all in they weren't putting enough risk in which Barcelona's bin ban play does require you to just go balls to the wall I'm not sure about that one because they have had great land performances in the past is my main mm -hmm. thing right there. And obviously, you know, two back-to-back -back, uh, top eight finishes in, in DreamHack Pro Circuits, obviously, is, is case in point of that much, you know. Um, so the the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what happened here. I mean, yeah, maybe it is just the day three issue. Maybe it is just the fact that they didn't quite go. Um, uh, you know, mm -hmm. they, they have some sort of curse or something like that. And I will admit, right, if there's one play style I would expect to beat Savage, it would be North America's. Because obviously, yeah. what's the one thing we've always criticized Savage for having in comparison? to all the big EU teams is a horrible defense by comparison and obviously that's going to suck when you have such a highly offensive style on the other end of the field and what's the highly offensive style it would be fucking North America you know and the Americas as a whole <laughs> obviously is uh, is case in point of that much I honestly am kind of surprised they didn't have such a uh, um, well I mean I'm, I'm, I honestly I, I thought they would have had a bit of a harder time as well if they drew into a South in, into a South America group if they faced off against low key or, 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 or ints that could have been a big big fucking up upset the two to, to suffer if we had gone down that particular path. Fortunately, the seedings didn't work out for FCB, so they made it in because they beat Renegades 3-0. Easy as that. Um... But again, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that it didn't work out for them because, you know, you could also counter-argue that to Cloud9 because FC Barcelona themselves also could turn up the heat. They could also bring the firepower. They could also bring their mechanical, you know, their gifted mechanical skill. You know, we talk about Bluey and Alpha as being some of the most mechanically gifted players in this game, and it just didn't feel like the team play was there to enable them to, 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 to do that, essentially. Yeah, it's a super weird one there. But bringing the heat, bringing... You know, a lot of skill. Can we just note out of the South American teams, both Matix and Card, yes. those two lads turned up. South America, I reckon two season time, they're going to be scarier than OCE. Potentially. With what we saw there. I just hope that, because Ince is a big esports org, or at least it's a good sized one, you know? I'm hoping when it comes to some future LAN events, let's say Montreal coming up, Ince get the fucking South Americans up to Canada and play in that because you could see an upset result there, especially against the uh, bubble scene of America. I could see Ince, if you do another one like uh, this RCS land, Ince could make day three. They were looking that convincing. I mean... I'm not going to say it was as convincing in my perspective. Like, yes, they had that 3-2 against uh, uh, against NRG, but they also had the 3-0 uh, the against PSG. And remember, the one thing that we were saying with PSG was the fact that they could potentially lose to Ince uh, just because of the way that PSG tend to perform on LAN, which kind of semi was proven over the course of, uh, of, uh, of, the, of this group. 
uh, of, of this of this world championship, I should say. Actually, while we're on the topic of PSG, let's move on to them real quick. Um, uh, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that this is probably one of the best land performances we've seen from PSG, like, you know, thus far. You know, we've, we've always been saying, like, look, this is a team that we expect to, uh, um, you know, that, that we do not expect, but we, we obviously want to see them succeed. The one issue has always been performing on land because they're online gods. They have great online seasons. They do well in online cups. Um, and then you get to the world championship, you get the yep. DreamHack Pro circuit, and then all of that just kind of falls off the edge of a fucking cliff. Um, this is the one this is the one land though where they actually had a, a pretty confident showing they lost to NRG which was expected and then they obviously destroyed Ince which was the one thing that was like okay could they actually you know suffer this upset and then they went on to face off against G2 the eventual tournament finalists and almost knocked them out you know there was uh, it was within one game with nearly a reverse whip for PSG um, you know they had a terrible start to that series everyone kind of thought it was over um, but they, they resurged and for a moment it kind of looked like maybe PSG could have gone the distance they could have been able to, uh, to face Rogue in a semi-final instead and be the uh, the the second highest placing um, European team uh, in in the tournament, you know. That's the thing that we're going to be looking at with PSG. It's their mentality on land to be able to start turning that around and adapt. Now, that will come to light a bit more when we get around to Valencia, of course, and see how that takes them. But this bodes well because PSG normally, they might take game one or so, and then after that, it's just a flop. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a flash in the pan sort of for the very start. So this, I'm hoping, is the sign of life that they can adapt on land and that going forward they can start to improve because that's what we hope from PSG. Like, for too long they've been just great online and then when it comes to land, flopping. And we don't want that. We want to see We want to see actually every single team do well because moving on from PSG, if we look at Rogue, I called it, Jay, Rogue on the up and here... Oh, it's good to fucking see that the lads can find... Like, again, we had AJ and Wonder as rookies and Cronovi. We are talking about this as well. Getting booted from G2 could have been the best thing for him. Yeah, I mean, certainly like that that Rogue G2 match was one of my personal highlights, even though it was a uh, even though it was a bit of a stomp, you know, in, in terms of the, the series scoreline. Like, I think that honestly, the, the initial couple of games were quite close. Um, it was only until game three and four where it looked like G2 were going to completely destroy Rogue, especially with that six-one victory uh, by the end of the series. Uh, but you know, like again, with the way that things worked out for Rogue, like you kind of did call it. You're right about that much, you know. Um, uh, yeah. Not the first time you've done that. Certainly not the last time. Apparently, as we were, uh, we're about to find out. Um, uh, but you know. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that that was kind of interesting the way that whole worked out because, again, I kind of had faith in G2. I didn't have a whole lot mm-hmm. of faith in Rogue. Um, and that's part of the reason why, you know, we, we support stuff like lower bracket runs and, and underdog uh, stories because, you know, Rogue certainly have been on the up and up. They did prove themselves in the in the regional playoffs for North America. And here in the uh, in the LAN event, they, they did go quite the distance. You know, they had a, uh, a very impressive uh, series against Triple Trouble. Again, I could argue that a way that they could have won that. Uh, I don't think that uh, um, Triple Trouble were in any sort of, like, situation where they're the overdogs in that particular uh, respect. Um, and again, against G2, like, unfortunately for Kronovi, it kind of sucks that he wasn't able to uh, capitalize on his uh, on his former team, sort of like the intricacies of what he knows what his former team can do. Um, but in the end, G2 also have some of the most legendary players in North America on that side. So, you know, what are you going to do against that at the end of the day if you're rogue? Yeah, and again, when we look at the court finals, if these were best of sevens, you were talking about triple trouble. I could have seen triple trouble turn that around if it was a best of seven, because you look at how close that series was. It was all one goal differentials bar game one, which I think was 2-0. You know, Jay? So, of course, because we've got to round out EU teams, I've realized we haven't talked about triple trouble a lot this weekend. What are your thoughts on them turning up for their first LAN, buddy? I think it was a job well done. 
Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of us had sort of like sparkling, you know, hopes about what, you know, mm-hmm. Triple Trouble could have done. Give me a second, Beckon. I need to sneeze. <laughs> but yeah, on that note, against Cloud9, if we look at them, going to OT with Cloud9 twice, don't get me wrong, uh, like to read off what their results were, f- uh, 4-3, uh, first game win for Triple Trouble. Can you remember that? That was, for me, the best game of day one <laughs> where everyone just went, oh, shit, and then Cloud9 come back 6-1. You was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Overtime, game three. Oh, shit. Game four going to, uh, you know, uh, just the one goal differential again. So that was more just Cloud9 when they really crank up and, again, pull off those great mechanical plays. I'm looking at Gimmick and, of course, Squishy there. They're super hard to beat, but Triple Trouble showing that they have the level to compete against these big teams. Of course, on those playoff days, like I said, if this was the best of seven, I could have seen Triple Trouble get free in the end and just be able to etch out. Who knows? Uh, because, of course, we won't ever be able to see that scenario. But an org, please pick them up because just yes, getting these guys please. to land would be the big difference maker for this team because that was their very first land together. That is absolutely ludicrous. And they're not going to Valencia. Like, come the fuck on. They're not even allowed to work mm-hmm. on this momentum. Like, you know, again, I, th- I think, again, just to, just to round out the point I was making before I had to sneeze, um, you know, I think the Triple Trouble had a really good, well-done job because they were coming into this one as as rookies, essentially. Uh, you know, there was very oh, sorry, low tell the line, They the went to Leipzig together. It weren't their first land together, but Leipzig was a write-off for them. I remember that. Yeah, and this obviously being the world championship, you would expect them to have like a certain level of okay, we need to do well here in certain terms of the mentality. Um, uh, obviously, I've begged to differ. I've always explained my own personal take on that. Um, but you know, with, with with the way that they sort of showed up, and again, they had a close series against Rogue. You know, I don't think the three one tells the whole story, um, and uh, the end result kind of has left us in, in in a lot of promise for Triple Trouble. You know, again, I feel like mm-hmm. it was a job well done um, because I don't think they could have gone against Cloud Nine. They still took a game off them um, against Rogue. I feel like it was going to be a difficult affair from the start. And they still managed to make it close. This team's got a lot of potential, you know. This team's got a lot, a lot of potential, and I kind of am very excited to see what they'll be able to do in the uh, uh, in the upcoming sort of like off season, especially during the next season as well when they get to return. I hope they keep the grind up, you know. Um, they feel like they're a team that has a lot of uh, a lot of love behind them. Certainly, we're fans. I've just ordered. I need to order, not just order them. Um, I was going to order my uh, triple trouble jersey before we went on air, um, but I forgot to. So uh, that's just kind of me being a, oh. being a pleb. Um, but you know, I'm I'm definitely going to order one because like you know they they've um, you know I've always. But I've always backed them. I've kind of always liked to see what they can do and how well they can uh, perform. And I think they kind of proved exactly what they're made of uh, in this particular uh, tournament. Yeah, I'm, the only reason I'm not picking up a Triple Trouble jersey is because I'll pick them up when they get signed. I'll get the jersey then, you know? <laughs> that, that is it. No, nah, mate. No, nah, that's not how it works. You need to fucking buy a jersey. Then when we come back to London next season, right, what we've got to do is we've got to go like, tap Do triple pole, troubles. Yeah. Sign this bitch. <laughs> like, I'm going to get them to sign it all. And that way it's a genuine signature, right? It's not some fucking True. printed crap, you know? <laughs> I'm not saying they would print that crap, but, you know, I, I digress <laughs> anyway. Uh, but, yeah, no. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about uh, NRG for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because... Um, they were one of our, they were our North America um, sort of, our North America picks, essentially. We're taking a look at them like, yeah, this is going to be the team that we see in the grand finals. Uh, either that or Cloud9 in certain cases. Uh, but certainly, you know, NRG had a fantastic sort of online season. They had a really good group stage, obviously. You can't deny that with the two zeros. Uh, very simple series against PSG. Not so simple against Ince, but I digress. And then mm. they shut the bed against Renner Vitality in the quarterfinals. Now, I will admit, it is against the team that eventually won the world championship, obviously. But 
Holy fuck. Um, NRG with the land choke again here, Bacon. This is the second season mm -hmm. they've done this. Technically, arguably, the third season. Because if you remember Landon, NRG went through the top bracket easy. We're talking, um, and again, I'm going to rattle off the scores. 3-1 against Envy. 3-1 against Dig. 4-0 against Complexity. Lose that first game. Uh, f sorry, first series. 4-1 to Dig. Um, for the bracket reset, and then, <coughs> of course, start finally coming back into it. But NRG, this is getting way too, I want to say, commonplace them. Even then, we look back to Season 4, they lost 3-2 to Method, the old complexity roster, of course, and then lost 3-2 to Chiefs. This... Should I should I go on about season three as well, like, or are we just <laughs> done with this? You know, it's getting way too fucking commonplace for NRG just to choke, and for a team that has been built up and should be winning worlds, they're at that top level. We've seen it on the regionals. You know, how have they not gone and won an RLCS yet? You know, for Cloud Nine to beat them, yikes. Yikes is right. I mean, let's let's recap the sort of like uh, um, the, the the results for NRG over the course of their the, of their run. You know, season two North America RLCS first place. Season three North America RLCS first place. Season five second place. But obviously that was also with the caveat of them also performing a LAN. Season six first place and season seven first place in North America. And they've always gone on to have a really shit time at Worlds. Obviously, the caveat there being that the, the, the season the three and season common, five, where they did yeah. make it far, but it was still those matches themselves were sort of chokes. But that's um, the thing. That's the thing, though. What's the common trend, right? They do what they do. They do well at, online. They do shit at LAN. They do okay online, and they do pretty well at LAN because it's the only common trend. Season five North America, the one season where they came second place, and of course they end up having that incredible moment at the, at the, at the World Championship against Dignitas. So, like, what what the fuck is this little weird trend that we've got going on right now? Where they have to sacrifice some of their online power to gain some LAN power? Um, it doesn't make any any sense right now for NRG. And I'm not sure are they competing in 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 Valencia or. I have found a trend. You have found a trend. Oh shit! For NRG, their two good seasons were when they brought in roster moves. Justin's back for season cut. three. <laughs> no, no, no. It won't be Justin. Uh, back for know. season three, it was Sad Junior being uh, taken out, Garrett G coming in, and then it was Justin coming in for um, Jacob. Back before Landon. NRG, you want to get to finals once again. You got to get out the scissors, lads. That, that seems to be the only bullshit theory I've got right now. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if even the mentality There's was sitting that way in NRG, right? You know, like, it, it, it is a trend, you're right about that, but it's also just like, you know, how the fuck, um, you know, like, how the fuck can you even keep your uh, um, your mentality at that stage? You know, how, how are you going to be able to, uh, um, to to keep going when you know that you sort of had this many, this, this such a great performance as one of the big three of North America, not only one of the big three of North mm -hmm. America, but also, like, consistently the best of the big three in North America, and you're still not winning championships, and you're still going to Worlds and not performing in the same sort of way, you know? Um, and a question right now there, if, if you're saying that if, if we've got to make a roster move in order to put them back up to the top, who are you saying we're going to cut here, Bacon? Oh, yikes. I just saw that from Cyborg Chimp, of course, in chat. Oh, I didn't even it, see that from chat. That was actually yeah. really fucking good timing. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Fireburner or Garrett G? I would argue that Fireburner had a very weak LAN this time around. Oh. So, yeah. It, it's a weird one because that's the squad. Like I said, so you've got to get cut by this bullshit theory. But who would you cut? Because I, I'm going to argue Justin is not going to be cut because he's pretty solid for that roster, even though it's more in the attack. He's not a core player, naturally. But then who are you going to get out of the two core players? They've been playing together for so long that is it just going to crumble everything around it? And Doc's having like those weird dream hiccup. You Aww. know when Doc thinks they're running in yeah. their sleep? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's all shit. Well, I mean, our NRG now, the PSG of North America, you know, because we say about PSG a lot, is that this team has a lot of promise, they have a lot of potential, uh, you know, they have a great online season, you know, the parallels there are pretty fucking, you know, um, you know, are, are pretty fucking there, but when it comes to land, they just don't do well at all. Um, so the question is, do we, if we have to apply the same sort of logic to PSG as we do to NRG, then what's the next sort of step to try and make this team just fucking work, essentially? Because, you know, if we, if, if, if cutting some someone isn't an option if we can't find someone to cut out of this pretty fucking amazing roster mm-hmm. what do we do where do we go from here with NRG the thing is that you can't go any further they've already got a coach in like because quite often you'll see uh, Chrome coaching them and go, going through replay analysis um, the only thing I could say might be able to help them could be that whole getting the coach on stage with them which we talked about before to be able to turn around series like um, you know against Vitality there where it was still within reach you know first game NRG 1-2-1 Vitality then go on the win next 3-2-1 OT 3-1-1-0 so that's still if you look at that within reach but a coach might be able to turn it around just give them that little bit of an edge of course the caveat to that is like for Vitality in that case, if they lose the game, Greg and could give them the little bit of pep, you know. It's all about the mental. <coughs> and so that's the only thing I can see for them there. Otherwise, it is a roster swap to just spark some new playstyle. And it would require a brand new playstyle, essentially, from that team. So that's a big, big change to just go from. And again, you remember that they're going from being regional heads, which they've done before to try and redo it all again, but within a different way to be out EU. Because that seems to be NRG's only problem is that they cannot be EU, unlike mm. Cloud9. Exactly. And, you know, history is time and time and time again. We have to see where things go for NRG, how they'll change things up. I mean, you know, we could also repeat the same sort of coaching rule conversation that we had with PSG from a few weeks ago We're back here right now. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, we won't go into that. If you want to go ahead and watch the previous episode of the podcast, and you can do that um, later on down the road. For now, though, Bacon, anything else we want to talk about before we move on to the champions? Uh, I'm having a quick little think. No. When I look at this, it was all like the group stages we've gone about. Uh, the We talked about all the teams here. So, yeah, it's got to just go on to Vitality. They are all that's left of the roundup. Your champions of the uh, Season 7 RLCS World Championship, of course, were Renault Vitality, reinstating the doubt that we had in Europe. It's funny, Bacon, right? Because like, I seem to fuck this up every single time when I go on Twitter. I talk about the the the, 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 the playoff teams. And obviously, last mm-hmm. season, the big thing was, if you scrubs think that Cloud9 can beat Dignitas, you're fucking stupid. Uh, oh, how well that backfired for me. <laughs> fucking oh, yes. berated on Twitter. Uh, this time, it was, you know, Vitality, I don't think they can do this when I face Cloud9 in the semifinals. 
Oh no, how wrong were we? Right, let's talk about their group stage. Wait, well, to start no, just off. on that note as well, because it was a very similar case for me. Before this season of RLCS started, I said to you, even on this broadcast, Vitality are winning the season. Like, you know, we can go back to whatever time in February that was. And I said right there and then, no, Vitality are winning this season with this roster. After seeing them at Leipzig, it was. <laughs> they're going to go on, they're going to do it. And after the season of RLCS, after Dallas, I lost hope in them because Dallas was not a great showing from them. No. And how wrong I was because they finally hit. Even after, you got to remember, the group stage, losing the G2 there, don't get me wrong, that's with the caveat G2 are actually well worth it over the season. We learned that on the last day. But after that, you were there going, yeah, Vitality aren't doing this. They're going to lose probably in the court straight to NRG. That's what everyone thought, but they proved us wrong. And I'm so happy to be wrong here in that yeah. like turning my opinion around because Vitality is great to fucking see there and they are again an org which you can see are trying to build themselves up to like that cloud nine level and they're making all the right choices you know they're probably one of these teams which are trying to push for a coach on stage if player houses were to like you know player houses to were to become a norm you know they'd be one of the first teams to throw it in there they are trying to lead the forefront of rocket league esports and i love them for that yeah, and they've got the right team for it as well. You know, like mm -hmm. we talked a lot about how scary Vitality looked during the course of the season. We were like, this is like the new Dignitas, essentially. We were saying these guys mm -hmm. are amazing. Um, and again, after Triple Trouble, it felt like things did kind of fall off the hat when they had that one loss result against TT. Um, and obviously, as you say, Leipzig was not a great uh, performance for them. Um, Dallas was also not a great performance for them. Um, you know, they were... Uh, um, oh, sorry, I think it was just Dallas that wasn't a great performance. So I'm just mixing up my yeah. dates. Um, and in the group stage, it looked like, yeah, this actually might be a bit of a rocky time for Renner Vitality because they had the three one against Ground Zero. They lost against G2, three to one of their own right. And it was only down to those two games of difference between the uh, between the uh, series that gave them uh, the uh, uh, gave them the edge of Nation Managers just just to put them into guaranteed spot for second seed uh, coming out of that group. And they're yeah, all about whether Ground Zero. Is it Dallas and the Valencia qualifiers. I'm trying to remember. It might have been uh, the Valencia qualifiers. No, Valencia qualifiers. qualifiers. They came out on top. Yeah. What am I fucking saying? It was. Uh, uh, bottom line is that coming into this yeah. one, we were saying that Renault Vitality might not be looking like the championship team that we predicted at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And they weren't in the group stage, you know, coming out of second seed like every other EU team. They were seeded against NRG and we thought, yeah, it's fucking over. GG, boys, has been fun. Thank you very much for watching. Stay tuned. And we'll see you back here for more <laughs> next week on our after show. But no, what happened was is they fucking came out of the group stage, a bit of a vengeance on their line. Um, and then they beat NRG in what I thought was the closest series of their sort of uh, playoff run um, what I think was the closest series uh, in the playoffs as a whole because obviously they clapped the fuck out of Cloud9 and then they clapped the fuck out of G2 like this was the team that we saw at the very beginning of the season this was the team that we ranted and raved about just like holy fuck they're immortal yep. essentially and considering when we came off of Dallas where it was like they don't they look this great online they don't look this great on land and now they're looking this great on land it's like holy shit Greg and what did you give these guys in their bottles of water man like, it's fucking so insane <laughs> <laughs> I love that little meme. So, oh, I love that meme. For me, it all comes down to Fairy Peak in this roster because Scrub, there is no denying it. He was boss all weekend long. The, oh, yeah. His MVP award was well and truly... Absolutely. I will say, um, I will say, one of the trends I always saw about the Renovitality side was that their defensive was complete shite in day one. Oh, sorry. 
knocking the microphone. Um, but mm-hmm. their defensive was complete shite in day one, in, in days one and two. Uh, in day three, though, Justin's rotations were fucking godlike. It was like a typhoon in a Batmobile swiveling around the fucking, you know. Justin's um, rotations? Justin. Fairy Peaks. I have a cold. I have a cold. Scrub okay. killers rotations. See, it's because they're both really young. Right. Bottom line is that he was a fucking typhoon around this uh, yeah. around this uh, pitch. Right. Half rotations in the midfield, back in on clutches, and just coming in saving it every single fucking time. Right. Every single fucking time. I don't. I think of only like one or two or three situations where he was the man who who who, who failed in the defensive line. Other than that, it was mm-hmm. always. Caleb or Ferry Peak, the fellow on the defensive. And it didn't matter for them because the French connection came out and struck every single time. Even Scrub Killer got his own like opportunity to, to dribble up to the opposing half and score a couple of goals, which also looked really fucking sick for Renault Vitality. Oh, yeah. Like, Scrub, I think, probably, again, as you say, well-deserved MVP award, worked miracles in the back line to like, just sort of like hard, like just hard bolster Renault Vitality, give them that sort of rock to defend against and then obviously carry it forward and actually, you know, win the whole championship. Yeah, for me to look forward like to the future, for Vitality to make this a common thing, it's got to come down to Fairy Peak sorting this shit out essentially. Because arguably, like I said, it was the one that was generally off rotation, which caused a lot of problems uh, against G2 on that uh, day two. <laughs> and then again, and then they sort of fixed that all. And they came into day three really solid. He finally got into the mix and got into the rotations really nicely. And that's what won it for them. They got to make sure that everyone is firing on all cylinders. If one person in Vitality is off, like any other team, if one person is off because it's Rock League, you've only got three players, it hits you so damn hard. And at the moment, yeah, I look to Fairy Peak there because otherwise... Are you, I don't think you're going to see a roster swap this season, but if they drop from grace because some other team, you know, figures them out, we've seen from Vitality before that they're quite happy to make a transfer, aren't they, Jay? So if anyone's on the line from these little inklings, it would be Fairy Pete because the other two are so fucking good. Yeah, like, you know, they, they are amazing. You know, K-Dop uh, has certainly inserted himself as probably one of the best uh, teams. Uh, in, in, in one, sorry, one of the best players in the... I can't fucking do words, man. Why did I decide to do a, a show on a cold? I should have just postponed this till Wednesday. Fuck it, whatever. Um, we're nearly <laughs> but, yeah, there no, at the end, Jay. We're <laughs> nearly worry, there. We're, we're almost done. What will be a relatively short show, apparently, this week. Um, but, you know, K-Dop has cemented himself as probably one of the... Uh, um, that's probably He's one joined of... Turbo on the uh, free yeah. timing, I reckon. That probably the key makes thing. him that's, that's the best the key player thing, in right? history. That's the key thing, right? Is that I still think there's a bit more of a conversation we can have about that. Um, but when it comes down to the main thing that we all quoted about Turbo being the best player in, in Rocket League, well, now... That's 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 gone now. Like Kadop is the new free time world champion, you know, and he's got his uh, he's and got his K-Dop's teammates. Kadop's had the runner ups as well, remember? Yeah, so Kadop's also been the one who's also consistently placed second place to every world championship, which is just you know I think one of the most unprecedented Nuts. things. So yeah, I think there's a bit more conversation, a bit more sort of debate about that particular thing, which maybe we might go ahead and and do it another time and uh, and, and another sort of um uh, you know another you know. Uh, debate essentially maybe for another podcast um but yeah no this victory for him has obviously meant amazing things for him in his career and for mm. you know his status as, yeah arguably if not definitely the best player that has ever touched the game you know the best player in rocket league that we have at the moment at least if not again his legacy that stretches so far so long 
Mm, definitely. But Jay, without further ado, I think we need to move from the best player in Rocket League to the best analyst because we had a prediction game, buddy. And yes, we did. We've got to decide a winner because it was scored. There are points and there is bragging rights on the line. Indeed, there is. I will say, though, congratulations to Renner Vitality, obviously, for their victory at the, before we move on to our prediction game. Um, uh, and uh, I do want to actually, before we move on to that prediction game, because you have skipped forward a bit too far, Bacon. I didn't want to say before oh, we get I? on to that. Yeah, no, I was going to say, um, uh, let's talk about real quick what we see about the four EU teams at Valencia. Obviously, we won't see oh, triple right, trouble yeah. there. But we won't see PSG and FC Barcelona. Let's do a quick roundup of what we expect to see coming into I each mean, of these squads. Barcelona uh, are going to be at Valencia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Triple Trouble are not going to be there, but PSG, Barcelona, and Vitality oh, yeah. will. Okay. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what are we expecting out of them? Obviously, without knowing any of the groups or anything like that, sort of caveats at this, at this stage. Mm -hmm. um, you know, coming out of this World Championship, seeing where they performed going into the next LAN, what do we think? Hmm. It's going to be an interesting one because when we look at EU teams, uh, the guys from RCS, I'm expecting Barca probably, if there's ever a time for them to finally right the wrongs is going to be Valencia. Uh, too often have we seen them fuck it up. Well, I say too often. RLCS and Dallas, <laughs> they both fucked it up uh, on both those occasions on that last day because, can you remember Leipzig, they dropped to the eventual winners, uh, Dignitas, in Game 7 in the semi-finals. They were looking hot shit that day. Unfortunately, Dignitas were on that honeymoon period when they just bought in Yukio. Um, <laughs> so let's hope they can right that wrongs. And of course, it's naturally uh, with both Bluey and Devo. Uh, I don't know about Alpha, but I reckon so as well. I can't remember. Moving over to Spain, they're on home turf. There is no time zone lag, you know, jet lag going on there. They should be fairly comfortable just moving down the road, you know, for that. Uh, we've got Dignitas as well being one of the invited teams. That's going to be an incredibly interesting one to finally find out. Of course, like I said, we should know this by the end of the week. Who is going to be the new third man to Dignitas? Um, of course, Turbo Pulsar is going to be there playing with Corrupted G and Classics. So this is the first time we're going to see an EUNA joint team. That'd be cool as well to see how Turbo Pulsar does essentially a speed to that roster, you know, <laughs> move in as that last man. And like you said, Vitality, are they going to be able to do the one-two? For me, that is a big question there because, again, that will come down to Fairy Peak and that's going to come down a lot to mentality because it's Champion's Curse, ain't it? Yeah, Champions Cast. I mean, it's not theoretically dead. It's only just kind of gone away for a couple of teams and a couple of different LAN events. But let's see whether Vitality can conquer the curse, much like the likes of Dignitas and Gale Force did way back during their historic run. But yes, that's going to be it for the World Championship. As Bacon said, though, we have one more result to talk about. And of course, that is our predictions for our, uh, uh, you know, our, 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 our guest predictions, essentially. Right. So mm -hmm. for those of you who didn't watch last episode, I encourage you to do so because you can see how fucking wrong we were in terms of predictions a lot of the results out from the group stage and playoffs, uh, except for the case of Bacon, because uh, he has some fantastic uh, results. Um, but uh, I will quickly break down two parts of what, of, of what happened. If you're watching the Twitter, at our mm -hmm. Aftershock, of course, you'll know that we posted about the, uh, the sheets as they stood at the end of the group stage and where our points were at that particular time. Now, but by the time the groups were over, we had uh, Bacon leading at 35 points out of 79 total, by the way. So 79 points was the maximum. On group stage alone, you could yeah. only get 36 points. 
I was so fucking proud of myself. That's true. <laughs> you, you were one point off the perfect groove stage, which is fucking insane. Um, I was six points off the perfect groove stage. So I was coming in at second at 30 uh, points. Craftman at 29, so one point behind me. And then Jam, uh, Jar of Jam taking 26 at the end of the uh, last place sort of scenario there for the uh, predictions, um, which kind of had us a little bit rattled. Jam was just like, oh, fuck, I'm definitely screwed. Um, yep. But as you'll see from the screenshot that should be coming up on screen right now of the current prediction sheets and where they, uh, and where they stand at the moment, um, you'll see that the points kind of shifted a little bit because, you know, obviously there was more points available for the playoffs. And the end result, which fucking tilts the shit out to me, um, obviously Bacon got first at this stage, 50 points, uh, because obviously he got uh, um, he got uh, the uh, first, uh, he got the three results in the in the semifinals, right? So he got his, uh, four, his, four, um, yeah, his three out of four teams there. First place gained by Bacon at 50 points. I was 40 points behind, but Jar of Jam... I'm only third place. Jar of Jam soared ahead to 41 points from last place to second and fucking stole the second place silver medal from me. And Crafton obviously down at 34, only gained one of the results in the semifinals. And I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed about that. <laughs> I am fucking pissed. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't fucking believe it. He was last place at the end of the group stage and he instantly fucking steals it from me man What's it's because he got these? the same prediction as me both me and jam got 15 points from those playoffs uh you only got 10 so that's only Ten. two that's correct true. like me and jam got three correct you got uh two correct and craft has only got one correct from the playoff situations so we can actually say the group stages were more valuable than the playoffs which is really interesting I mean, you say that, but the playoffs is really what gave Jam the edge above me. So you True. know, I guess it is more of a it's more of a conversation. And the group stages were easier to predict, arguably. That, you know? Yeah, that too, obviously, because we have no idea how the seedings worked out. So in other words, uh, this also seeding... the only one to fucking know that Rogue was going through. You all took the mick out of me saying I was wrong. Fuck you guys. I knew in it. In fairness, in fairness, we also did take the mick out of uh, uh, Crafters when he had that one-to-one group B. So, you know. Uh, and you, you thought know. that triple trouble were taking down Cloud9, yeah. I didn't say that. Crafters did. I think Jam actually may have said that as well. I think he may have said about the Loki upset as well. So, hey, we took the piss out of everybody, right? You know, uh, but, you know, the risks get you some places, apparently, as Bacon has proven, as he scores 50 out of 79, making him the second champion of the Aftershock prediction game for the World Championships. Uh, taking the title away from Doomsie, who couldn't be here. Fuck you, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> love you, really. Um, uh, but yeah. Well, no, he was with the subpar lads doing the viewing party. Did he you was. get to watch any of that? I didn't get to watch any of that. No, I'm going to go it back and check out the It was great fucking later. fun. I hope they do another Well, I, I say I hope they do another viewing party next season. I fucking well hope they don't, because it should be uh, back in the EU to which they'll be going to that, so they won't be doing a viewing party. But if mm. it happens to be another non-EU one, then I hope they do another viewing party. If they go back to North America, to I'm going to fucking turn tables. Just tell, oh, tell Jesus. You right yeah. now. <laughs> Everyone in the EU is going to turn tables. But let's do a little bit of sort of like an, an after championship prediction. Bacon, bacon. You just won the Aftershock <laughs> prediction championship. How mm. do you feel? Uh, I feel absolutely average because I expected to win because I am the smartest, the biggest brained, most handsome cast around analyst in the whole VU. And you know it. <laughs> if only, if only Kate Offer turned around that and said real. that. <laughs> right. That's what we need. But still, can we say that? I love that there is a little bit of personality. Actually, one thing as well. RLCS, guys, that crowd, NA finally turned up as a crowd. I am so happy from what we saw. Again, day one, I mean, the cameras weren't on the crowd enough, but 
It's just Jesus. a shame that the microphones still weren't adjusted for the crowd this yeah. time again. So, you know, uh, production issues. Also, new world record, fucking longest Mexican wave. Yeah, 20 I mean, this, minutes. Land, that was... this land is going to have a lot of memories uh, brought out of it. I just wish that some of those yeah. memories were shared with the general audience at home, you know, with everything again. I feel like there may have been some interesting chants coming out of North America. I mean, I felt like the crowd was a lot mm-hmm. more hype than the uh, microphones tend to pick up. Um, but, yeah. uh, um, you know... Needs most. At the end of the day, still several thousand people got the chance to witness it firsthand, so they can be the ones to have the champ- uh, the uh, the championship moments and everything that goes their way. But for us here in EU, we're going to be done for the week. We're going to be done for another episode of yes. Aftershock Bacon. Another world's over, another season wrapped up and tied up in a little bow we can deliver out to the Rocket League gods uh, and hopefully that can uh, help feed some results for Valencia coming up in a couple weeks' time. We're all going to be mm-hmm. going to Valencia Bacon. It's going to be fucking hype. Oh, yeah, I can't fucking wait uh, to go to Valencia purely because, um, I don't know, we're all sharing Airbnb as Valencia. Lads on tour. That's it. Finally, <laughs> exactly. Carlos is on tour. Exactly. Oh, speaking of that, did you have you heard anything about the certain thing that we can't talk nope. about? Or no? Nope. Ah, fuck. Nope. That's going to be probably a very last minute thing, as always. With uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to know relatively yeah. soon because I may or may not have more work coming up. But we'll talk about that in another episode Ooh. of Our After Show because we are done for the week. Next week, there's not a whole lot going on, at least as far as my calendar. So we may have to take a week off. But of course, if you do want to give us some content, you can of course join the Discord via the Discord links in the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast, where you can send us a mailbag question, and chances are. We'll answer it live on the episode of the podcast next week. Uh, if any if any big news breaks as well, we'll also add that to our uh, to our mm-hmm. tally. Um, uh, of course, if you're watching live on Twitch, it's exclamation mark Discord in the Twitch chat, so you can come ahead and join us. Um, uh, and of course, you can follow the Twitter at RL Aftershock and catch the audio versions of the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and every other major platform distribution service, including now tune in. And you can go to angle.fm slash RL Aftershock where you can find all your favorite platforms and request your favorite way to listen. And with that, we're going to end off for another episode of RL Aftershock Bacon. Any final words, any final thoughts before we close out for another uh, season of the RLCS? Another final words. If you want some more Rocket League action, tomorrow night, both myself and Jay will be commentating on the Blanc yes. Arena Clash. Dude, forgot about that. Basically, <laughs> it's a UK little circuit. I say it's basically that because. Game stores from the UK, they will fight off against each other, essentially like little internet cafes. But the guys we have signed up are actually real nuts. Like we've got Tadar in there, Crow, mm-hmm, Banana mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. Um, Banana, Crisis, Leo, you, man. Cynical. Like I can't literally name off enough, enough people. Uh, yeah. Even the Footmaster Triss is in there. So yeah. make sure to tune into that because it's actually really nuts. We've got it all going on and the finals take place in Insomnia. So again, if you're at Insomnia coming up uh, August... I'm going to say 26th is the Sunday. Um, make sure to just, you know, give me and Jay a wave because we'll be there casting that, of course, at the finals. And we'd love to do like a little meetup with you lot. Well, once all that point, though, we've still got to go through the actual season. Of course, day two happening tomorrow so week at two. 6 o'clock C- CST, uh, BST, excuse me. BST. Um, uh, uh, and hopefully it will be a lot less uh, a lot less warm than today because I swear to God, I'm fucking sweating. I don't know if you can tell. Oh, it's I'm, so muggy. It's, it's like so you've got a blanket completely smothering you. Anyways, that's going to be it from us here at Aftershock. Thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you back next week for even more of the Aftershock.